0: Today, I'm joined by a lady from the United States of America by the name of Beth Granger. Beth, an extremely warm welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you. And I believe today you want to talk to us, or we're going to go on a voyage of discovery is probably a better way to to uh, to frame it, around rising from the ashes. Tell us more, Beth. Tell us more.
1: Yes. So, you know, in life, we all experience things right roadblocks or tragedies or whatever it might be that happen to everyone right no one no one is free from having things happen in their life and i have been lucky enough to be able to take those things and feel like i'm a better person because of it not that I would ever want them or wish them, but I was able to not get stuck. And of course it takes time, but not get stuck in the things that happened to me and use that resilience that, that hopefully everyone has and learn, learn from the things that have happened and be like who I am because of it if that
0: makes sense. It does. From a general perspective, uh, Beth, it does. I mean, that brings in a, a whole host of, of different questions. But the big one, I suppose, at this early juncture, I want to dive right in for the benefit of the listeners, Beth, is is ask you this. Are you prepared to share what those more sure. specific examples are?
1: Yeah. So back in 2002, it was a, a crisp new york fall day and um i was in the basement or organizing some stuff upstairs was my extended family my uh now ex-husband my children my sister-in-law my in-laws and i don't know what made me look up but something made me look up i don't know if it was a sound a smell i have no idea and it seemed like it was dusty in the uh, lights on the ceiling and then I realized wait a minute that's not dust that's smoke and mm-hmm. while the next however long is a little bit of a blur basically my house was on fire I ran upstairs I remember pushing like my kids out of the house come on we're going out of the house um, I remember my sister-in-law calling the fire department um, And we ended up at my next door neighbor's house. And so much was happening all at once, right? I was very focused on getting my kids out. Apparently my father-in-law went back for his coat. And he didn't make it out. So we had this experience where we lost everything, including a person in our lives. And my town clothed us, fed us, housed us and hugged us until we said, okay, we're, we're cool on our own. Okay. And I learned so much, you know, uh, one of the things is that different people process in different ways, right? Some people want to talk about it. Some people don't want to talk about it. So like my kids were given that choice when they went back to school. Did they want to tell their class? Did they want to keep it to themselves? And just like if you go to someone's house because someone that they know has passed away, not everybody knows what to say. And some people, just the person who's experienced the tragedy, doesn't always want to talk about it, or sometimes they do. The, the people providing them comfort have the same set of emotions. Um, and then I also learned that accepting help is sometimes as much for the person giving it as it is for you. So people wanted to help and I didn't want to accept help. And um, someone very wise, I don't even remember who said it to me, said that exact thing. These people want to help, let them help you. It's for them too. So I I thought that was a, a really, just a wise thing.
0: I want. I want to come in on that, Beth. If I Please. may, so oh. I think that is an immensely powerful, powerful message. That, uh, and I speak from experience. If I can be um, allowed to be um, share from my from my own perspective here about one of the things that. Um, Certainly for many years of my life, Beth, I struggled with, and that was that acceptance oh, because God. such was my need to control because of my own insecurity, my vulnerability. I needed to control everything, and mm-hmm. I was the one that gave the help, and I was the one that you know, yeah, made things happen. You, you, you couldn't make it happen to me because my ego, my pride, call it what you will, wouldn't let you and I find what you've said there immensely powerful beyond description in terms of not only the wisdom but the the healing that goes with that to be able to you know to to, to, to give to people but more importantly to be able to receive um, mm-hmm. in the spirit and in the compassion that was intended and you know whether that's money whether that's love whether that's time doesn't matter what it is really And I think that as a generalization, certainly from the conversations I have about is a really, really, so it's something that we all struggle with as as a generalization, isn't it? That, you know, that sort of gratitude of being able to accept help.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. And it, you know, it continues just because I, I learned that lesson doesn't mean I don't struggle with it to this day. Right. If somebody wants to help with whatever, um, but uh, you know, we know it feels so good to give. People want to help other people. It's just I think it's our nature. And um, being on the receiving end is sometimes, sometimes harder, but uh, I know that uh, it's worth it. It's letting people help you is very important.
0: On a more general, just on that comment you've made there, Beth, on a more general approach of learning lessons, uh, just because you've learned that lesson, like you said, does that mean, you know, this is consensus, isn't there, that the universe will give us tests. Until we pass that particular test, whatever that may be, it'll keep presenting itself. Um, And then when we have passed that test or learned that lesson, call it what you will, it's, you know, we pass, go, and proceed. But I'm not so sure that, you know, uh, as much as I do personally believe in the power of the universe, I'm not actually sure that that is the case. And I like what you said there about despite learning a lesson, because there's different levels of learning, isn't there? We can learn something intellectually, you know, if we go back to the old school exam systems, the rote style, one plus one equals two, Two plus two equals four, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know we can learn something, but what does that really mean? And I think it's not until we transfer that into our heart that there's any really powerful conversion that takes place. Because I think if we keep learning in our head at a superficial, stroke, intellectual, stroke, rational level, that's fine up until a point. But the real power, uh, and I ask this as a question, but not I don't make it as a statement. Mm -hmm. So is the real power when we, that learns in our emotional intelligence and our heart.
1: Oh yeah. I think it's an interesting way to look at it for sure. You know, I know that, and I think it's sort of that we know something and we feel something, but it's like, sometimes we forget and we are reminded Mm.
0: That's why, is it not that I think in life, um, you know, going back to your title of rising from the ashes, that, as you say, we forget things, you know, there's, I mean, particularly in, uh, well, as you know better than most, uh, Beth, with your, your LinkedIn and social media trainer hat on, um, that the amount of information that's out there. Um, is just mind-boggling. I mean, it's there literally at the flick of a, a mouse or a button, isn't it? I mean, it's just mm-hmm. potentially massively overwhelming, not just in its what stands alone, but it's in its conflict in nature. Um, so it's no wonder that people, if you like, get overwhelmed. But for me, personally, I have a take on this, uh, and it could fit in with your rising from the ashes, and that life is a very, very simple game. Very simple game. And my mind was fluctuating there as you was as as I was trying to conceptualize Beth, you know, this horrific challenge of being in a in a potentially well, it was not potential, it was a death situation. Obviously, you lost your father-in-law there. Um but this this horrific situation where you've lost your not only a, a life of someone close to you, but your personal possessions, everything that was your you know, your foundation, your base, if you like, your home, um, mm-hmm. and then to rise from the ashes. So I kind of use that, breath to say, well, you know, in, in all our lives, isn't there, do we, do we complicate things? I mean, is there not just a, a much more simpler way of accepting things for life so that when we do have to rise from the ashes, we're not having to rebuild everything and all the stuff that's in our head, but more importantly what's in our heart and of course the, the paradox on that is what's in our heart probably takes longer to heal unless you know there are I suppose certain ways and techniques and that and that sounds in many respects if it's trivialising it and it's certainly not meant to be. But this whole concept of how we look at life and if we are going to rise from the ashes or just rise full stop what is it we're actually going to take with us going forward? Is it the head stuff? Is it the heart stuff? Where 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 lies the answer with that, Beth? Yeah, and it's
1: a it's a great question. Um, I think it's both, and hard to separate for sure. Um, you know, I think it certainly makes me realize things. So, just how I go about my my day and my life is probably different than if I hadn't experienced that. So
0: can just you give in us, terms of sorry, can you give us some more insight around that, Beth? What that, you know, from, sure. from that fateful day in 2002, how has your life changed in, you know, say if I knew you as a, as a friend or just somebody to say, hello, Beth, how are you? What, what, how would, how would I see that change in, in, in a practical sense?
1: Um, so what's interesting is I think if you ask people that know me, they don't necessarily see a change. Mm. Um, it's more in subtle things that I think other people don't see where, you know, things don't matter as much to me. Possessions, right? Um, or I've always been the kind of person that likes to get involved in nonprofit organizations and and, and help my community and help other people. Um, I don't know if I do it anymore. It's just maybe it's more important to me than it had been. Um, and I think I have more um, compassion for people not knowing what they have been through, right? Because other people, everybody's been through things and you don't always know that when you're interacting with them in life or in business. So yes. we're kind of remembering that allows me to not make assumptions as quickly.
0: Yeah yeah that's um, that's that's a profound and, and that was the point I was trying to make there Beth that isn't it true that as we change, and I hear this so much. And that's why I deliberately ask the question around, okay, Beth, so what, What? you know, I'll pass you in the street every morning on the way to work. Hello, Beth, how are you? Um, and then the next year and the year after, and no change, no change, no change. But there is a change inside, isn't there? And that's where it really matters, isn't it? Yep. 100%. Think, you know, there's, there's a great lesson there for all of us um, because I think... Having listened to so many people, Beth, talk about, you know, changes a, in a general sense as a philosophy and how that external, initially, well, I need to be seen to be this and I need to be seen to be that. And actually, when you strip it back, you don't need to be seen to be anything because you are what you are. And whether the outside world like it, don't like it, approve, disapprove, approve. It's really totally irrelevant, isn't it? It's about how we feel as individuals inside, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really fascinating. And how people can go through similar things and end up in a different place. Everybody
0: takes their own journey. Mm. I want to flip over, Beth, if I can, to something completely different. Yes. Um, obviously, when I did a bit of research about you know who you are, what you do, etc., etc., you know, I've already introduced the LinkedIn and social media trainer uh, handle, if you will, um, and and obviously within that is, is is blogs. Tell us about some of the most insightful or powerful blogs that you've either written or you've come across, because. I know that within these, you know, well, with with mediums generally, there are powerful lessons to be shared amongst us for the betterment of um, of the world. And when I when I'm, you know when I get a guest such as yourself that's a social media expert, I can't help but say well, I've got to ask you this. You know, share with us your most powerful insight or story, not necessarily about social media as a technique but more so from a blog, you know, what, what's the, the real pills of wisdom that you've read or wrote about Beth?
1: Um, that's a good question. I think to me, it's very much that we haven't changed. People haven't changed. We, we think about the same things. We care about the same things and it's just the way that we're communicating. It's a different tool, right? we, we've we've always written on walls whether it was a cave painting in lascaux france to now you know a facebook wall and it's the it's just a different way of sharing our thoughts and building community and and engaging with other people although the one thing that i find so special is and just like my com- geographic community supported my family the ability to find and build communities online is so, so powerful. I mean, the fact that you and I can be speaking from across, across the world, Mm. right. Makes, makes the world a smaller place.
0: Yeah. It does. Beth, I hear that, but allow me to play devil's advocate now. Okay. Hasn't it also made the world a far bigger isolated place?
1: Yes. If, I think if people allow it to, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. I mean, there. The, I like to focus on the positive of it. You know, of course there were the negative things, but for instance, you know, I'm, I'm currently in New York City and I could probably find somebody with my interest challenge or um, things that I care about on the next block. But imagine being the only person in some small town and you have an issue, a concern, an interest, and being able to find other people. You might not find them in your town, but you can find them online and build your community.
0: Yeah. And for me, I believe that social media, as a general handle, is, um, its for you know, as life is itself, I mean, it is obviously a part of life, and everything in our lives is part of duality. And so just as we've kind of alluded to there, Beth, that the, the pros and the positives versus the cons and the negatives, they're there in abundance. And I suppose it's which way you know an individual chooses you know chooses to embrace that. But certainly from a personal perspective, as the the founder of a, a podcast and a movement and a global movement called Speaking from Our Hearts, it was based on Um, and is based on that cathartic approach of people wanting to be heard and people talking to each other and the massive power that that has. And and I've quoted many, many, many times, Beth, around, you know, it may be stereotypically the little old lady that lives on her own in some isolated village, and she just, you know, she just wants to talk to people. She just wants to be heard. You know, or he or she's—they've got a story that they want to share, but they're very private and shy, and they don't want to shout it from the rooftops. But nonetheless, they want to speak from their heart. And conversely, my mind always flits over to Martin Luther King when I when I uh, when I go down this particular um, avenue, Beth. Around, you know, I've 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 sat on the on the shoulders of giants and I have seen the promised land and I want to take you there and I want to shout it to millions and for me the principle is exactly the same whether it's you know it's a global leader with an inspirational dialogue such as that or whether it's a little old lady to me the power is still the same and I just wonder Beth I mean while we're on the social media to what degree obviously we've already touched on the duality of it but I don't know if you could have a magic wand and I'm probably asking the wrong person here because you obviously <laughs> you're involved in social media and it's, you know, it's your, it's your world, it's your career. But if you had a magic wand, Beth, would you change it? Uh, and if you would, how would you change this thing, this this world dominating thing called social media? How, what would you do if you had the, uh, if you had that proverbial magic wand, what would you do?
1: Mm. The interesting thing about that question is, you know, I might, a first thing I might think of is, you know, somehow make it not have all the negativity that are on some of the platforms. But what I realized, kind of recently actually, is that it was always there, we're just seeing it. Kind of like, I picture termites, right? They could be in your walls and you don't know they're there. Mm. So, and then they come out and if they're swarming, so I don't know how, you know, if I had a magic wand, would there be a way to not have the negative parts of social media and just highlight the good parts? Cause I think there's so much power in it. I wouldn't, I have no idea how that would happen or how, you know, but obviously the, the negative things that happen are terrible, so. Um, hopefully the positive stuff outweighs it
0: but that's not social media's fault is it you know social media is a tool it's not it's not a vibrant human being a living thing it's it's technology um to whatever degree it's been advanced as you say there's There's not really Mm -hmm. much up new on this planet from day one. It's just got a different lick of paint and it's called a different name. Although I think one would argue that actually Twitter was not around in Adam and Eve's day. I don't know. We weren't there, so we don't really know. (laughs) I'm sure there was some equivalent or not, as the case may be. (laughs) Um, But social media isn't the evil, Beth, is it? It's the no, way, no, it's, it's a tool. It's it's like a knife, isn't it? You know, we can use a knife to spread butter on our bread or we can use it to stab and kill somebody.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It, You know, so I guess if I had the magic wand, I would, you know, heal people's hearts and minds that are would want to use it the wrong way.
0: Mm. Yeah. And that is, you know, for me, another metaphor for that, Beth, is um is rising from the ashes isn't it you know because i think the the great message there is that you know we're all from time to time lose our way we need hope we need inspiration it kind of goes back what you know that acceptance thing about being big enough to um you know receive a, just receiving a compliment of oh hello beth you're your here i really like your glasses by the way and your hair or oh, your hair looks nice and you know, and being sort of big enough as an individual to say, um, yeah, thank you for that. But we don't, I mean, not you personally, Beth. but, you know, per, I think we struggle, don't we? I mean, certainly the English do, the British do. They struggle like mad with compliments. I can't speak <laughs> too much about the American, I mean, what's the American culture like? You know, okay, so let me be a little bit personal then, Beth, and say what I've just said. Beth, I really like your glasses, which I do, by the way. Um, thank you. yeah I mean would that be a kind of a natural reaction for dare I say a stereotypical American response or you know Uh, I don't know if
1: I could speak for the entire country I know that if somebody says that to me I say thank you because I really like them too yeah um I think some people just like some people have a hard time accepting a gift some people have a hard time accepting a compliment and I don't know if that's cultural or just individual people have their personal way of dealing with it.
0: Mm. Yeah. And the reason I asked the the question, Beth, because obviously I've used the example of the UK and the USA, but from, from my experience, it's not cultural because when we strip it back, it doesn't matter whether we're British, American, you know, European, African, you know, those basic traits of human nature, I think. And yet again, it is a massive um, Generalisation, but we do struggle with that. What you alluded to, at kind of the top of this conversation, Bill, that acceptance, we do. It's, you know, that's um, whether there's deservedness in that or not. Uh, I'm sure there is, because you know, when we speak to people on mass, you know, I think it's fair to say that at some time or other. You know, deservedness is something that that's certainly flirted with with most people's lives. I, I've yet to speak to anybody that hasn't. Um, and, and yet again, that's, you know, in this case, that's not generalizing. but So I'm just trying to kind of create this real bottom line picture here, um, Beth, that no matter whether we're talking about something as advanced technology wise, social media or, you know, learning very heart-wrenching lessons like you did in 2002, you know, the reality is the same, that, you know, this, there's a certain set of things that, that define us as a generalisation, and I know stereotypes and generalisations are frowned upon as clichés, and, and I get all that, but isn't the reality of people that you know, and I'll probably get uh, chastised for this, but it's, 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 <laughs> it's only a belief and beliefs are paper thin. But one of my paper-thin beliefs is that inherently, inside, we're pretty much the same. We're I much the same.
1: agree with you.
0: Yeah, and I think if we if we work from that that base level platform, isn't it much easier then to rise from the ashes? And I think we have to be careful, Beth. Do we not about this thing called lack? I call it the silent assassin, lack. It lurks within us. I've got to have five cars because next door I've got three. They've got a black cat, so I've got to have two. Now they've got four. I've got to have... You know, this. This we're always chasing something, aren't we? Something better without action. And there's nothing wrong with that in terms of goals and wanting to be the best and, you know... But isn't that about, you know, denoting, rising from the ashes denotes that we're at ground level? Isn't it more important for us, Beth, to have that base level understanding of who we really are before we embrace the external trappings? It kind of embraces what you said earlier on about, you know, being involved in community groups uh, and that giving concept, which is absolutely great. But there again, if that's from a place of we know where our ground is, we know where our where our centeredness is. Does does that make sense? Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think I think that everybody learns things at different times in their life, and hopefully learns them right. So there there are probably some people that have the realizations or the the, the thoughts and feelings that I have now that you know maybe they have them when they were a kid. Mm. Um, Although I do imagine, you know, it takes a lifetime of living, right? And and seeing things and being part of things and going through things to to get to that place.
0: Yeah. And and it's not a race. Beth is it's not a race and isn't no, you know, no, there it shouldn't be any, um, you know, alluded to the black cat and the five cars on the driveway or whatever it is. You know, there's yeah. It's about us being at peace with. It. I think the ultimate thing for me in terms of the foundation being grounded is is about that inner peace and that having that compassion. And you know that that's a great place. That's a great place to operate from. I Always use that metaphor as well of a car. You know, before you can go into fifth gear, at some stage or another, when you start that engine, it's in neutral. And that's not a bad way for us to start and learn and change through the gears and and to use your terminology uh, Beth rise from the ashes. I want to finish off and bring things to a close now Beth if I may around... I always ask guests this at the end and it's a, a very powerful question so I've been told that if you had to leave one message, one one powerful message above anything else to the world as part of your legacy, what would that one defining message be?
1: That's a good one. I could probably write a lot of things, but to come up with one thing, uh, be kind, hey. simple as that.
0: Be kind, yeah? Mm-hmm. And that simplicity, isn't there immense power in that? Because people remember two words, be kind, And the implications of that, I mean, I thank you sincerely for that, Beth, because I think the implications of that are immense. You know, is it a fancy, well-constructed sentence? No. But the power of those words, be kind. And that's it, really. It doesn't, you know, going back to that life's a very simple game message, doesn't really get much more simpler than that, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. It really doesn't.
0: How can people reach out and get in touch with you, Beth, to find out more about you, what you do?
1: Oh, well, um, my favorite platform is LinkedIn, where I'm at LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Bethgranger, G-R-A-N-G-E-R. G-R-A-N-G-E-R. I I have a website that I don't really use much, honestly, Bethgranger.com. So those are probably the best best ways. Um you know, of course, on all different social media platforms.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Beth. And is there anything else you want to add now this, um, before we draw things to a close? Is there anything that we... No, uh, it was
1: such a lovely conversation. I, I really enjoyed spending this time with you and having, you know, conversations about things that people don't talk about all the time.
0: Hmm. So there we have it, listeners. All the way from the United States of America, Beth Granger. And... As is my way, as you know, I sign off now by saying remember no matter what you do in life, always walk your path with heart. Hearts helping everyone achieve results towards success.